but I thought you said you were the head chef on the SS Gourmet. Did I say that? No, I clean the bathrooms on the Gourmet. I was the head chef on the SS Diarrhea. Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sennard. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Spiel. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Highlander, a movie that seems to fit very neatly into the oeuvre of this podcast. Uh, Parker, oeuvre is a word that you can look it up in the dictionary. Isn't that like... Oh, it's one of those, those cars that you get from the app, right? <laughs> it's, it's a lot like baffled and incompetent. <laughs> I am not oeuvre. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think Highlander we... is like the biggest case of how have none of the three of us seen it. Right, that's a good has, point. Has there ever been a movie? Like I mean, that? I often, <laughs> I often have many positive things to say about the 1980s, but I'm not sure any movie has ever made me want to just do cocaine more than this I, one. <laughs> like that first ten minutes alone, just sad walking out of a wrestling match and getting in a sword fight. Like, we deserve to go back. It's all I'm saying. The we missed out Highlander. on that decade. It's not fair. The thing about Highlander is I, I kind of feel like it's... Uh, Mark Twain once described a classic book as uh, one that Uh-oh. everyone has on their shelf but they've never read. <laughs> and I kind of think that Highlander is a little bit like that. Um, I think a lot of people know about it. People know it's like, oh, it's a guy who lives forever unless his head gets cut off and there can be only one, that sort of thing. But until you actually watch it, you can't really experience the power. But before yep. we experience the power, <laughs> Parker, do we have any news? Yeah, we are saddened to announce the passing of Eddie Van Halen. You know, big fans of Dad Rock on this podcast, but unfortunately, the infragable crunk was not available for comment. But our hearts are with you. <laughs> <laughs> Val Halen! She's been bouncing around in my head for like six hours with no one to say it to. <laughs> was Clancy Brown the announcer for that show? <laughs> <laughs> What are the news? Oh, the, uh, when it comes to news, you know, nothing much has really happened. I don't know about you guys. Pretty quiet <laughs> week. Slow news week, yeah. <laughs> Haven't spent just hours deep in the posting trenches, constantly refreshing, looking for hot memes. Parker, how did you miss fine. the big news? Dune got delayed to next year. <gasps> what? Oh, man, we're going to have to wait even longer for it to not make any money. Oh jeez! <laughs> I just—I'm just, just going to put this out there now. If you guys try to make me watch Dune, I'm quitting. <laughs> I mean, I go out of my way to avoid Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet is it? Uh, oh, do you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just change one of the faces on this die. Like, okay, so like, what if I just like erase the heart and draw a little line here on the side, and that—that that looks kind of like you him, doesn't it? You can see my face right now. <laughs> No. <laughs> Unfortunately, you already know how little those women are, so we're gonna have to keep looking. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have any jerks of the week? Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. 
always. <laughs> I'll go first. My jerk of the week oh. is this Walter Weed guy. Like, <laughs> like, why are you letting sick people in your house, man? What's going on? And to whoever the jerk is, my mentions who's named Walter is a weed bro. <laughs> Look, all I know is I spent last week going deep into the trenches of the pyramid. Searching every nook and cranny for treasure, coming out with garbage, and then like two days later, we open up a mummy tomb that's been closed for twenty five hundred years. What that could have been you? I could have made history, but instead, I watched Tale of the Mummy. I did not, in fact, make history this week. I mean, here's the thing about those dudes opening up that mummy's tomb, and people like, oh, haven't you seen the movie that gives you like a curse and stuff? Honestly, are things gonna get any worse? Like, what's the worst that could happen? Do not roll I the dice. I would love for a locust to just fucking eat me. Do not roll those dice. <laughs> <laughs> well, this dice just says sandstorm with a face in it. That's weird. What does that mean? My jerk of the... That's weird. This <laughs> The face on this die just says, add a bunch of audio feedback to your recording. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, my that might be my new jerk of the week. My jerk of the week is the Lord God for one-upping me uh, because I have never gotten so much feedback about the episode where I signed you Marmaduke and there was a thunderclap before it. <laughs> I got several comments. More than I think I've ever gotten for any episode. A lot of people are like, hey, can you do the Marmaduke thing again? I'm like, I, I don't control the weather. That's not up to me. <laughs> That's up to our sponsor. <laughs> Christ. Anyway, uh, let's talk about... I don't think God would have made anyone watch that movie, dude. Let's be real. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, talk about what we watched recently. I watched a really good British movie where no one dresses up as a lady, so take it very seriously. Nothing funny here, guys. It's called Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh... I was surprised by how much I liked it. It sounded like something I would not be into, and uh, I actually had a pretty good time. One of my number one takeaways here is, it's kind of like when you watch any British movie and you realize, oh, it's that guy, and that guy, and that guy, and that guy who you've seen in every single British movie. Because it turns out there are like maybe six actors in Britain, and they all just play the same parts. That's why the men have to dress up as ladies. There's just not a whole lot of people there. It's like kids in the hall. You just don't have room in the cast. Yeah, uh, I, I will say, though, in all seriousness, Four Weddings and Funeral was, uh, I, I really identified with the main character a lot, and that did a lot for me. There were some actual funny jokes in there. Uh, Alex, I don't think you'd like it. Rowan Atkinson is in it, so <laughs> avoid it all costs. <laughs> I don't hate him as much as you do. No, I like him. I thought yeah. you hated him. <laughs> uh, well, I, give whole, it time. Yeah, this whole time I actually thought you hated him because of, like, Mr. Bean and stuff like that. I have no strong feelings one way or the other on Mr. Bean. Oh. I saw them when I was like eight and thought they were funny and have not really thought about them since other than when you guys bring them up. And also oh, this rat whole race. Time I you, <laughs> this whole time I actually thought you had, well, okay. In that case, uh, I'd say give it a shot. It's actually pretty good. Maybe watch it with a little lady. And then we'll get on to what I was assigned for the game of games. Um, <laughs> so, here's a story. Uh, usually when... I saw a movie when I was a kid. I saw it with my family. It was like a big deal to go to the theater and stuff like that. And if I missed a movie, it was usually a pretty big deal. It's like, hey, I can't believe you watched the movie without me. What gives? 
Uh, when I was 11, my parents took my brother and sister out to see Cats and Dogs. And I think that was the first time where I was like, oh, that's okay. I, uh, I don't know what I was doing when they were watching Cats and Dogs, but I probably had a better experience. I was not assigned this, but uh, due to my brain worms, I was like, okay, I guess I have to watch it in order to make the revenge of Kitty Galore make sense. Uh, <laughs> as it turns out, Cats and Dogs really sucks. It's really, really bad. The effects are bad. The music is bad. The story is bad. The jokes are bad. The acting is bad. Everything is bad about this movie. Why did it... What, the animals couldn't act well? <laughs> it's not quite as bad as Ed, but it's, like, kind of getting there. I think the thing about Cats and Dogs I just wonder is, again, how did it make so much money? It made, like, a ton of money at the box office. And, uh... Nine years later, Hollywood is fresh out of ideas. They're like, you know what we should bring back? That movie no one remembers, Cats and Dogs. Uh, so, in Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore, which is a movie I watched this week. I'm 31 years old, by the way. <laughs> watch this. Um, Kitty Galore, kind of like Pussy Galore from the... Uh, what? From the no relation. James Bond it's pure coincidence. <laughs> also, also like the big pussy guy from Predator. Uh, Revenge of Kitty Galore Joel. is <laughs> is that... so. Kitty Galore walks in stuttering and wearing a fedora. And <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this much: the Revenge of Kitty Galore is much better than Cats and Dogs. I actually remember when it came out because Josh and I were working at the theater together. We had a whole bunch of like advertisements for it all over the place. I was like, who's going to see that? The answer is not quite as many as the first one. Again, you take nine years to make an update to it. Here's the weirdest thing about it. They bring back some of the original characters. Who who aged like nine years is like, oh, I hope they bring back my favorite character, that one dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't bring back Alec Baldwin. Well, I mean, <laughs> if there's that many uh, callbacks to the first one, it's a good thing that you didn't skip out on watching it, huh? That's right. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have understood the context. I'm thinking about the pair explaining. <laughs> no, honey, they're all dead. That's why they didn't come back. Dogs are <laughs> Yeah, the problem was like 20 dogs just making the damn thing. <coughs> I, I, I guess like one more note about the first Cats and Dogs is I'm watching, I'm just like, okay, all right, this will be over soon enough. And then out of nowhere, Jeff Goldblum is in this. Uh, That's the one thing I is. remember. It's like, yeah. is Jeff Goldblum their weird dad? Jeff Goldblum, I, was he doing like the Christopher Walken thing where he was just not saying no to any script that he got put in front of him? Like he was in that Escape from Horrorland video game as Dracula for like no reason. Everyone else in there went on to do nothing else and he's fucking Jeff Goldblum. Anyway, he does not come back for the revenge of Kitty Galore, which again, it's like, Pussy Galore, it's like a James Bond thing. So, uh... Damn, none of the pets died but the dad did? That's fucked up. <laughs> he might be okay, we just don't... Anyway... Um, it's a better movie, better effects, which is not surprising. I mean, it's 2010 versus 2001. The jokes are much better, in which, uh, by which I mean there are very few jokes in this. I, I don't know why uh, they're taking this thing so seriously. Um, they, I think they go more for, like, references than jokes. Like, they bring back the, the main bad cat, who's, what was it, Professor Tinklesworth or something from the first movie? Uh, they, they, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close. I'm not gonna look I'm it up. I'm pretty close. I'm not gonna look it up either, but still. Anyway, they bring him back and they dress him up like Hannibal Lecter, because he was a bad cat or something, and that's what you do. Fuck. Anyway. 
yeah, they do that. Anyway, the cats talk and the dogs talk, and uh, they they fly jetpacks. The next movie I watched is Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> thing I do with my week. Like, without a doubt. <laughs> this is the worst form of self-care. Starring Tim Allen. <laughs> is he jungle Fuck. or jungle? <laughs> He's jungle too. So, the thing about Jungle to Jungle is for uh, for a split second I thought I had seen it, but I was thinking of George of the Jungle with Brendan Fraser. A much better movie. Uh, now, I hadn't known about Jungle 2 Jungle for a long time. It came out in 97, and I'm pretty sure I saw, like, a clip of it. I was in, like, a, an orthodontist office or something, and I saw, like, one of the little TVs uh, doing, like, playing that movie in, like, the waiting room. I'm like, oh, I'll look at the TV. There's a movie on. Like, three seconds, and I was like, okay, I'll just, like, stare at the wall. Uh, I had known about this. I had heard things. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a late 90s family comedy by Disney. How bad could it be? Now, Alex, when you talked about Freaky Friday, did you say vague racism or just general racism? I mean, it was pretty overt fucking racism. See, this one's a little bit more vague because they're very much making fun of someone, but I don't know who. I don't know if it's like a real tribe that they're making fun of or like a fake one that they made up that's an amalgamation of several other tribes so they're just spreading the racism around but whatever they're doing i i i feel uncomfortable with it uh this movie's really bad and here's the thing for a long time i didn't think that i was watching i was like i've seen worse you know tim allen's not good in it what a surprise the jokes are not good and uh the fake sentimentality isn't good either but the real problem here is Martin Short. Now, I... Oh, God. Now, here's, here's the thing. I, maybe I'm stupid or something. Help me out here. What is Martin Short known for? It's not being funny, right? He was like an investor or something. He got rich, right? Uh, it's like, oh, I'll just be an actor know. now, right? It was a different time. Was he in anything that I know? Was it, What's like his most famous stuff? Wasn't he in Three Amigos? I've never seen it. Oh, God, you're right. Oh, I hated that movie. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the last installment of the Three Ninjas franchise. <laughs> that was a Mexican knockoff. Anyway, uh, Jungle Two Jungle's really bad. That's almost impressively bad. Uh, so let me let me see. Can I do the story? Okay. Tim Allen is like a bank investor, kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street, and uh, he flies to some sort of primitive island where his wife left him to go like take care of the natives there it turns out uh their son is there he didn't know he has a son and he's been raised like one of the natives so he brings him back to uh new york city hijinks ensue and uh very racist hijinks ensue and then the russian mob comes into the movie and yes that's uh that wasn't something that i was quite prepared for it's got the voice of like that one big fat alien with the four eyes from Lilo and Stitch, and he's doing the Russian accent. He's a mobster. He's going to cut off people's fingers. A Disney movie. So uh, I would recommend not watching Jungle to Jungle. And Chris, important question: right. Was this better or worse than Ernest Goes to Africa? I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I would put them like right at the same level. Uh, it's obviously got way higher production value. Then Ernest goes to Africa, uh, 
because it's you know it's Disney. They're gonna put some money into it. I, I believe Gene Siskel called it the worst movie of 1997, which is uh, fascinating. Um, we, by the way, you should uh, take a look at what is considered the worst movies of 1997. Some people had some terrible takes back then. Uh, Parker, I think I showed you that list, right? I don't think so. Or if you did, I was very sleepy. Yeah, well, it was, they were putting stuff like... Someone called Face Off the worst movie in 1997. Like, come on. Cowards. I mean, you, you say that this was, like, a thing that people used to do. <laughs> people said Serenity was the worst movie of last year. If, so, yeah, you best, know. Yes. But uh, I think... I think I might prefer Ernest Goes to Africa because Ernest is somehow funnier than Tim Allen. Um, racism is about the same level, so... This is what it's come to. Is this where we are, guys? It's really tough. Now, the next one, uh, were we both assigned Polly, Parker? Buddy. So we both watched Polly. Now, speaking of the Russians. Hey, Chris, uh, when did you watch Polly? What day? What day was it? Uh, Whatever it was, it wasn't a good day. I think it was Friday or something. Oh, cool. I watch it Sunday as I watch my team get fucked apart by the Cleveland Browns on one screen. On the other screen, I had Jay Moore talking to a parrot that was also voiced by Jay Moore. <laughs> Wait, didn't you have fun when Cheech Marin came in? He teaches them how to dance? Look, I'm not saying I've had a terrible life, but that's easily in the top three worst days of it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, it's weird because Polly is very clearly the best of the of the four movies that I was assigned. And it's still pretty bad. <laughs> looking at one screen, you're like, well, surely they won't just leave Odell Beckham single covered with this guy I've never heard of again. And just looking over to hear <laughs> fucking NYC Guido voice coming out of a bird over and over and over. They kept calling him insulting, and it's he's not even that insulting. It's just like, hey, lady, what's that weird hat you're wearing? That's the rudest boy I ever seen. I'm going to buy him. Okay, (laughs) sure. Let's get through this. Yeah. 50 (laughs) more minutes. Tony Shalhoub is in this movie doing. Is it possibly racist against Russians? Because, like, it kind of feels like this movie's being racist against Russians. He just keeps doing the two potato voice. (laughs) (laughs) Prim is ridiculous. No one has talking bird. And at the end of the movie, he returns her to her rightful owner, and then gets shipped out of America. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's in a fucking shipping container. You'll never see him again. Oh yeah, he's in the shipping container from fucking Creepshow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the origin of this bird is that this girl has a stutter, and the bird helps her talk through magic, I guess. <laughs> and then the dad is furious at what his five-year-old kid has an imaginary friend, so he just takes the bird away from her. And then you just don't see her again for another 70 minutes. That's the thing. Can we talk about what the dad? Cool and the dad's appearance is like, that dad loves beating the shit out of kids. <laughs> that dad has an impressive lineup of belts. <laughs> that dad is just like waiting to hear a dish drop on the floor so he can go into overdrive. And put her through the fucking plywood, dude. Uh, what you ready. don't see is his, his his old family with his son Elijah Wood. So uh, <laughs> he is ready to three D that stuttering dipshit <laughs> through the table. <laughs> so here's the thing: Polly gets removed from the house because he's not allowed to be friends with a girl and teach her how to speak. Uh, so he goes on a trip to try to find her again. So it's a road movie, like Easy Rider. And he meets all sorts of colorful characters, like Cheech Marin and others. So, uh, (laughs) 
and towards the uh, there was somewhere I was going with this. Um, towards the end of the movie, uh, Tony Shalhoub is moved to find him uh, his old family, and he finds her. Except the little girl, the stuttering girl, she's all grown up now, and Polly rejects her. Is just like no, that's that's not her. No, no, and uh, that's a Christopher Walken voice. I don't know why I did that. Anyway, she reminds him that it is her by singing. At no point in this movie did she ever start singing. So, dude, the rev- the revelation at the end, like that eighty-five minutes of this movie are filler, made me so fucking mad. <laughs> it's bookended by the actual. It's like watching a horror anthology. But the framing device is the actual plot of the movie. It's like, well, here's some funny misadventures with his other owners. It's just him and Cheech singing fucking La Cucaracha. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Fucking another fumble. Thanks, Zeke. Like, ah, fucking 90 minutes of my horrible day. I'll just look at this other screen. Oh, that's Polly bopping around. He's doing the flappy oh. job thing. Look at the bird dance. Oh, look at Jay Moore's mustache. That's a choice. Oh, that mustache. Oh, boy. It was certainly a choice. So thank you time. so much, Alex, for the game of games. Thank you, and also th- I mean... thank you, my bird teams. <laughs> Calm. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Uh, then I moved on to a horror movie from The List Barker. This is by our good friend Lucio Fulci. It's called The Beyond. Uh, now... Isn't this kind of weird? Uh, I don't mean to get too racial on this podcast, but I do. Is it? Isn't it kind of weird how like we'll watch like a Japanese horror movie and it'll be so much easier to follow than an Italian horror movie? Italian horror movies make no fucking sense. Like, <laughs> Once I you like embrace this. that, it's so good. So here's the thing about Lucio Fulci movies in general. This is the only one I've seen, but I have a feeling like the rest are going to go like this. When people talk about how much they love gore kind of give them the side i'd be like really that's what you go for for movies like i'm not like i don't get queasy when i see that stuff but i also don't get erect when i see that stuff it's just like okay there's gore there's blood there's viscera there's stuff like that sure fine whatever it doesn't really do much for me like a lot of time people say oh i like the movie it's got good gore i'm like what do you mean good gore what does good gore mean (laughs) turns out what i mean is lucio fulci movies because this is really creative it's creative in a way that's still scary, it's interesting, and again, even though I don't really know what's going on, I'm still interested enough to like have it on and like pay attention. I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty decent. They are the perfect background movies, because you literally miss nothing by not paying attention. Because even if you're laser-focused watching it with subtitles, you're like, well, how the fuck did we get from A to B, and who is this person, and why do they sound like a porn star? Why is this person clearly speaking Spanish but dubbed over? It doesn't matter. That someone got their skull ripped off. It's fine. Yeah. Don't even much. think about it. It's it's a fine movie. I if you ask me to explain the plot, oh, I'm gonna have a tough one with that. Uh, so hopefully that isn't a physical challenge in the uh, game of games. <laughs> the Next first thing. sentence of the Wikipedia summary includes the words lynch mob and also warlock. So <laughs> do with that what you will. Next up, I watched a Joe Dante movie. Uh, Joe Dante is mostly known for making Gremlins and Gremlins 2 and Small Soldiers. But he also oh made The God. Howling. Now, we've watched a fair amount of werewolf movies here. And the Howling? <laughs> Howling's up there. Howling is a lot better than most werewolf movies that we've seen. Uh, this one's alright. This is uh, another movie with Dick Miller in it. 
Uh, Dick Miller called this his favorite movie that he had done. You might wonder why I'm mentioning Dick Miller a lot. I think he is the horror community's favorite actor of all time. There are people who are fans of Dick Miller's work. I don't know what that means. Because, like, you could yeah, be a fan neither. of Kurt Russell. Like, oh, it's a Kurt Russell movie. Has Dick Miller ever actually starred in a movie? I think I've seen, like, one movie where he starred in. And he's been in, what, 900 movies? Look, horror fans are fucking weird. They'll latch on to anything. They're like, oh, I say they as if I'm not a smooth brain myself, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, I would like to talk about the ending transformation sequence. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. We need, because this movie came out in 1981. Now, 1982 was the thing. That's one of my favorite movies ever made, and the effects were done by a very young Rob Bettine. So the effects in this movie were done by an even younger Rob Bettine. I'm like, oh, what? hey, how good was he back then? Turns out really fucking good. Like, this looks fantastic. And, I mean, you want a little bit more from your horror movies, especially from your werewolf movies, than just like, oh, really neat special effects. Like, is there a story? How's the acting? Etc. Etc. Man, Rob Bettine's effects, that is worth the price of admission. I would absolutely recommend The Howling just for that. It's so unfair that it came out the same year as American Werewolf in London. Because that is just, like, still the gold standard, the GOAT, the greatest of all times. Like, man, if it came out, like, a year earlier even, it'd be held in such higher regard. But it just got shadowed immediately. Yeah, you're I absolutely right. It. But that's sometimes that's just the way the breaks go. Uh, sticking with horror movies, uh, only a couple more here. I watched The Descent. Uh, oh, oh, my man. God. My b-hole cannot take that movie. It's a really good movie, but... I was having an awful week, and I watched that, and I felt so much worse. It's like, you literally do not need monsters in that movie. Because, yeah. like, Hold it on. might not surprise you guys. I'm not a very uh, outdoorsy person, <laughs> so I've never gone cave diving. So that's not a fear that I knew I had until I saw it on a large screen of, like... It's pretty fucking tight fit there. Okay, Alex. What if you, you... we're out of oxygen? Alex, have you ever seen The Descent? I have seen The Descent, and I have also seen its spinoff, 47 Meters Down on Cage. <laughs> God I, I thought you were going to say The Ritual, but okay. Uh, the Descent is so fucking good. I loved it. I, I loved... Uh, I love the camaraderie that the women seem to have. Uh, I like the fact that they go outside, you know, they do outdoorsy stuff that I would never do. Like... I, if this is like, oh, you know, I feel really bad because my kid was killed. I would not go into an unexplored cave. I wouldn't do that. That seems like the worst way to spend a weekend. Like, I've gone like, caving a lot with my dad because that's like part of his job and stuff like that. And that's okay and stuff like that. But I have a terrifying, paralyzing fear of getting stuck and stuff like that. Like, I don't think I actually have uh, uh, claustrophobia. But I did when I was watching this movie, when that girl almost got stuck, and then the monsters come. I didn't I know didn't. that there were monsters in this, and then Maja, I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't know I had claustrophobia until I watched the descent. I'm like, huh, I guess that's the thing I can never do, because my hands are sweating, and right? this isn't real. Uh, no. And then that fucking night vision camera comes on, and it's just a, uh, yep. what? Now, what uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on the descent? I mean, you pretty much nailed it. It's pretty fucking yeah. good. That, that is a movie that is fantastic and also that I will never watch. Yeah, that's a good point. It's overwhelming. Which is a shame because it it, it kind of has like the same sort of thing as a lot of really great movies that are just a, a one and done here. It's like, 
it, it's beyond like the fact that it's stressful. It's just like I kind of got the message the first time. Maybe put it on for someone else and be like, see how they react to it. But it, I mean, it's just good enough for the for the one for me. Now, the two things here that really uh, work for me that I want to mention that also tie in together. One, the movie begins with like that little girl and she gets killed and like you see her blow at the uh, the candles of the birthday cake. I really thought that they were just going to forget about that. And like towards the end, it's like, and now she's back with her daughter. Oh boy. And that's like it. And I would be like, oh, that's kind of lame because uh, Parker, you remember you assigned me the ritual. The ritual did a lot better job of tying things in together, I think. Uh, and this sort of ties in with the endings. Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy that I remind you to I, look that up. I'm so glad. my God. So I'm, I'm watching it and I'm watching, I'm watching it. And the movie ends. I'm like, that was a really good ending. This must have been the British ending. Okay, let's look up the American ending. And if the movie had ended where it does for the American ending, I would have laughed so hard. <laughs> this would have gone from like an 8 out of 10 to like a 4 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, for like a solid year, like everyone in America is like, this thing, that movie fucking sucks. Like, no, 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 that's not... <laughs> Alex, uh, just to explain it to you, so you remember how like she spoilers she has that big fantasy about like she gets out and then she has a realization like oh fuck i'm still there and she gets swarmed what if the swarming uh-huh. part wasn't in the movie what if she just got out got to that car and then credits rolled that's well, that's, that's the thing is you that's how it ended in theaters here she, buddy yeah she she gets she Jesus. leaves she gets in the car this is one of my favorite scenes in any horror movie i've ever seen she gets in that car and she just goes i was like you know what i would do the same thing sister Anyway, she pulls over to the side of the road, throws up, and she looks back at the passenger seat. There's just one of the kids from The Grudge over there. It's oh, just like, yeah, oops. It's like, yeah, that's what it's all about, this movie. And then it cuts to black. And as I watch it, I'm like, well, surely that's not the ending. That'd be ridiculous. And then she's back in there. I'm like, oh, no, it was all a dream. And then she sees, like, the lights and the torches and the birthday candles with her daughter and stuff. Oh, that's a nice little bow on it. That's a nice ending. And then the looking up on Wikipedia and seeing the American ending was just looking over the passenger seat. There's one of the kids from The Grudge next to her. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks so bad. Like, I just literally had the thought of, like, man, obviously in a couple years I should watch again. And then follow me by, like, nah. <laughs> I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. <laughs> Fuck this shit, dude. That movie fucks me up. Yeah, that movie. Oh, boy. And again... I, I, it's one of those ones where Parker, you talk a lot about like, what if you were in that situation? If I was in that situation with those ladies, and they're just like, okay, there might not be a way out of here. It's like as soon as I hear them, like, okay, where is the deepest hole? I'm just toss myself in. That's a no clip speed run to killing myself <laughs> before a monster shows up. Be like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're stuck in there? Immediately breaking, just slamming my head on a rock. Fuck this. I found myself in the situation. I knew I put a capsule in my tooth just in case. <laughs> just flare in the I mouth like from Sorority Row. Um, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Parker, I, I'm only going to mention this one if you've seen it. Uh, have you seen a Japanese movie called Cure? No. Let me look that up. Have I heard of you? Uh, you might have. Uh, the basic idea here is... Um, that's... I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It's, it's a decent movie, but didn't do much for me. Might do a lot more for you, so... Something to keep in mind for That's the future. a lot of five stars from people I follow. I guess I'll check it out. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess... Maybe Eventually. I'm just <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> what, expect to be busy this week, buddy? <laughs> As a matter of fact, little birdie hey, named hey, Polly hey, told hey. me. Put those de- Put those fucking... Uh, now we move on to our good friend Danny Boyle. Uh, I watched two movies, 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later. I watched them I'm back happy to back. Because during Polly, when he, every time they showed that school where he goes to the room with all the animals, I'm like, that's the 28 Days Later lab. And then you oh, watched is it. it. <laughs> oh, is it? That's what you picked up on <laughs> during Polly. <laughs> look, I was couldn't look at the other screen. Things weren't going so hot over there either. Just trying to make it through, Chris. That's a good point. So uh, during 28 Days Later, all I could think about is, you know, it came out in 2002 and the sequel came out in 2007. It was right around the time that zombie movies were experiencing a bit of a resurgence in the popular culture. Uh, yeah, uh, Parker, you mentioned Shaun of the Dead was a big round around that time. Uh, I think Robert Rodriguez had the remake of Day of the Dead. There were the Dawn of the Dead remake. Da- da- yeah, sorry, and Dawn by the, the way, I'll, anyone listening now who wants to say, oh, actually, they're not zombies, please don't. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't, do yeah, not send us that email. I do not care. <laughs> uh, also, Planet Terror, which is a shame that I was the only one who saw that movie because that was very easily the best zombie movie that so came good. out in that area. Um, so good. This also led to a number of books being published around that time. I remember World War Z was one, and that idiotic zombie survival guide. There was a girl in my school uh, whose name I will redact. Uh, just about a... Josh Brody. <laughs> uh, brain the size of a chickpea. And she was obsessed with the zombie Present. survival guide. Oh, oh, that girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh it was, it was a big thing, you know, zombie survival, you know, the fast zombies too. I think this sort of led uh, a few a few years later to uh, Left 4 Dead, the video game. And uh, I, I can see it, I guess. I, I guess I can understand why people like zombies. I, I My favorite zombie movies are always the ones that are different from other zombie movies, like Paranorman and stuff like that. One Cut of the Dead, it's, you know, a little bit different. But uh, this one's all right. It's, it's pretty good. It's got kind of the same problems that I have with a lot of zombie movies. I don't quite understand why the infected don't target each other because, like, they're still living human beings. You know, they should be mad at everyone. Unless they've got the same sort of thing that... Wait, what? It's... Isn't this, like, kind of done again in, like, Kingsman? The Secret Service, you know? Like, the... Screen <laughs> the I think it makes them mad. I don't know. Uh, hey, Chris, uh, have you ever considered that, uh... What if we're the monsters all along? See, that's you should make thing. a movie about that. So that's the thing. That's I actually, deep. I'm going to give this movie a little bit of credit for that because it doesn't do the thing that uh, Day of the Dead. Did. Remember the, the, sorry, remember Day of the Dead and uh, how well it did a job of saying, oh, the people, the uninfected, uh, they're the real bad guys, like the military. That guy who's always screaming, he's got that face. Uh, in this one, <laughs> it actually portrays the zombies. I'm going to call them that uh, as the bad guys. But they're still human, and they make a really good point of that, saying that whatever that disease, they just call it rage, uh, like that desert video game or something. They they make it clear that it's bringing out something primal within them. It's that every human being has this natural uh, aggression. Maybe this is our id. And uh, that's a good idea. I think I have philosophical disagreements with it because I don't. I think that humans are uh, basically not that bad, and this movie is like, no, humans really. really? And you're on this podcast. 
Dude, where have you been the last six months? Are you fucking kidding Did me? Did you not just watch the parrot movie? <laughs> oh, I've seen too. firsthand <laughs> the evil that men do. <laughs> I've seen much worse than po- on this podcast. Good point. Uh, I I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, it's okay. It's pretty good. Um, Killian Murphy's really good. Uh, Brendan Gleeson's in it. Again, this is another UK movie. It's like, oh, I've seen all these actors before because they just do the same performance every single time. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Then I watched 28 Weeks It's like later. literally the only eight people in England with decent teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question for you. Did the, do you do the thing I always do when I watch 28 Days Later? I'm like, oh, I should watch In Bruges again. <laughs> the second you see Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> I mean, I do that whenever I see <laughs> Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. yeah. So I watched 28 Weeks Later, and Parker, fuck you. You didn't tell me it was a Jeremy Renner movie before I put it on. <laughs> I thought I'd let you figure it out on your own. Yeah, I thought about it. I was about to type it like, eh, he'll see. I don't even think Jeremy Renner is that bad of an actor. I just think that everything he touches turns to boring. <laughs> he has a way about him. It, there's just something It's a really good cold open, though. Yeah, it's okay. It's That's fun. the only thing I remember about the movie is the opening. I don't remember much else. 28 weeks Much later. like 28 Days Later, where every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, I think I liked it. And then I get to the third act of the army, I'm like, oh, this could end now. I'm good. Yeah, 28 Weeks Later is okay. It didn't really excite me, which a zombie movie is kind of supposed to do. Um, I, I think I, I kind of like the premise where it's just like, so here's the thing. Kids are extremely stupid, and they're going to fuck up everything. <laughs> <laughs> and they really kick the movie's timeline into overdrive here. I'm like, I'm okay with that. That's fine enough by me. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to be revisiting 28 Weeks Later. I don't think it was that good. Um, but it, it was it was fine. I've seen much, much worse. Especially worse zombie movies, so, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now, one last more. one. Guys, there was a Bigfoot movie that was recently released starring Tom what? Green. What? It's called uh, Interviewing Monsters and Bigfoot. Uh Okay. Let me, I'm glad they specified that he's not a monster. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe the monsters are us the entire time. So here's the thing. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, see, it's different. Now, Bigfoot shows up wearing like those orange jumpsuits from like prisons and stuff. So right off the bat, this movie has my attention, and then immediately loses it because I was. The jokes aren't quite good enough to uh, keep me paying attention the entire time. I might have been distracted. I might have been drinking. Alex, you might like this. You might like this a little bit more than I did, or you might despise it. I'm not sure. Every once in a while, I would look up from my phone and be like, "Oh, that's a pretty neat idea." And every once in a while, I look up from my phone and be like, "Oh, that joke sucks." Why is Bigfoot doing kung fu? But uh, I <laughs> actually, I still, I still might like it or hate it. I thought I was going to hate it. I know, I I know like, yeah. it's still yeah, out there. Actually. Yeah. Um, Tom Green is in this one, and I believe. That his mother slept with someone who was one quarter Bigfoot, which would make him one eighth Bigfoot, right? That's the way the family hereditary uh, hands down, right? <laughs> Ask Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I knew it. I should have just bulldozed you. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, Tom Green is Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the joke will never get old. <laughs> so I have to admit, I saw it. I'm on, a Squatch Democrat. I, Sorry. <laughs> I saw it on a website. As soon as I saw Bigfoot, I just instinctively clicked it. Then I saw Tom Green's face and just instinctively downloaded it. Uh, I, I hate it when this is my review, but your mileage may vary. It, it didn't do a tremendous amount for me, but I didn't hate it. It's fine. It wasn't as good as. Alex, help me out. What is the name of that Squatch movie you had me watch that I really liked? With the Gone Squatch and Hell. Uh, yeah, Wildman. Wild that movie fucking rules. 
I'm, I'm looking for another one of those. Yeah, I guess. knew you'd like Wildman. I've been thinking about watching Boggy Creek again. I want to. <laughs> I want to talk to the Falk monster again. <laughs> we foul boys. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, tell me what you watched. I would if I watched anything. <laughs> Your backlog. <laughs> I dude, there's gonna be one week where I am in hell. But no, I I had I had a, a backlog of another sort this week, a backlog of online lectures that I have been ignoring all semester. Uh, well, yeah, look at you bettering so, yourself. So that kind of took precedent. That kind of ate like all ten hours of my free time to watch movies. He says I'm just gonna sign up for a movie instead. Okay, Parker, what did you watch? Well then, uh, actually, I actually was forgot I was gonna talk about this, but you mentioned the zombie survival guide and World War Z. I'm reading the newest book by Max Brooks right now, and let me just pitch this to all of you. So it takes place, it's like this super green, like, eco-friendly little, like, city, right? Yeah. And they're all doing their thing, and then a volcano goes off nearby, and it just cuts off all contact with the outside world. They're pretty much trapped. There. <laughs> What's that? They're, <laughs> Sorry. They're pretty much trapped, they're doing their thing, and, but you know, it keeps, there's lingering effects, no one's getting to them, and things are changing in the wildlife, and sooner or later... Those squashes out there get pretty hungry, and they attack the city. Oh, shit. <laughs> what I'm saying, oh, all of you should read De-Evolution, because it's literally just a book about a massive squash attack. Oh, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> it's so fucking good, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh, this looks silly, and just like a hundred pages later, I'm like, what do you mean his head's gone? You guys. So yeah, uh, some light reading for these wonderful times. Squash is our friend, and we love him. Well, luckily, we already talked about Polly, And uh, as I mentioned, uh, my boys were not doing so well. <laughs> really, really taking the crank while the bird tried to find his old owner. <laughs> so I figured, you know what? They need my help. We don't have that Jason Garrett magic anymore. Let me dig deep, deep into the pyramids to try and <laughs> conjure up some magic for them. So I, I took my talents... <laughs> Into the tale of the mummy. And folks, uh, for a while, that Egyptian magic was working. Really? Right right up until it wasn't at the end <laughs> of the game. <laughs> Russell Mulcahy's Tale of the Mummy, as it says in all caps on the title screen. Fucking sucks so bad. <laughs> I thought Christopher Lee was in it. Maybe he's good. Is, is he the mummy? Oh man, all one of his scenes are really good. <laughs> Shame about the rest. Of fucking top build Jason Scott Lee, aka the guy who played Bruce Lee in Dragon of Bruce Lee Story, <laughs> is the only other actor whose name I recognized. Hey, uh, you know what doesn't have good CGI? Straight to VHS horror movies from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> All of the mummy kills are like the bandages, like flying at people and trapping them. Well, that's and it stupid. looks. I was so upset to see Gerard Butler. I'm like, oh my god, that's why you signed it. And then the next scene, he died. I was like, oh, this was, this was all <laughs> I had going for me. Every single attack by the mummy just looks like Doctor Strange's cape fluttering over people. It sucks so bad. <laughs> Except there's one scene where a dude's just in a nightclub. Chris, you'll love that. Oh. And he gets attacked by these flag magic bandages, and then they just drag him down the toilet and he's never seen again. <laughs> you fucking make sense of it. It is... horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> this should shock no one, but it fucking sucks. 
It's like, why would you put CGI in a direct VHS <laughs> mummy movie? And also, I cannot believe it beat the Brendan Fraser one by a year. Because you look at it, you're like, okay, clearly this is just an asylum-level cash-in trying to like trick people at Blockbuster. No, this was conceived beforehand. <laughs> it's its own German of an idea. And it is a movie I will forget very soon. I hope. So... <laughs> So yeah, Sunday was uh, not a good day, you know. The mummy didn't work out for me. Cowboys almost made the brown almost remained the same <laughs> right up until it didn't, and then everything got bad again. I was like, you know what? I should just watch something that'll make me happy. I've been thinking about watching Johnny Mnemonic again recently because I haven't seen it since we did that episode, and I'm really craving it. Yeah. But what's that? Do you hear those sleigh bells jingling or ring ting tingling too? Because <laughs> it's Grumpy Cat's fucking Christmas. <laughs> Christmas in October, baby. <sighs> hey, Chris, how much of it do you remember? I'm curious. Uh, that's a really good question. I, I wrote a review about it, and that one got a fair amount of review, uh, fair amount of views on the site. Um, and I went back and I looked. I was like, "What did I write about it?" Turns out I was barely able to write about the plot. Correct. <laughs> and I remember exactly where I was while I was writing it. Be like, "What am I supposed to say?" <laughs> I have two notes for the whole runtime. The first one is you hit play, and the first thing you see is Lifetime Pictures presents, and like, my body immediately froze up. Like, oh, <laughs> you fucking monster! You tricked me. The second one is that throughout the entire movie. Fucking Aubrey Plaza will just say a joke and just go, Wow! And that happens the entire movie. Over <laughs> and over and over. If you ever roll those dice at me again, I'm walking off this fucking... That's the thing. It's like, for our listeners here, sorry about a bit of a hot take. I can't stand Aubrey Plaza. I don't think she's funny. I don't think she's a funny person. I think whoever's doing the writing for her on Parks and Rec did a wonderful job. But Aubrey Plaza. I don't herself. know if I'll ever laugh again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what humor is. I this broke me. <laughs> Going from Polly deep into the pyramids and then topping it off with the little old grumpy cat. <laughs> oh my god! What a fucking Sunday. They dressed him the up Lord's in like Lord's Day. Outfits. Isn't that fun? <laughs> All the fun little commercial bumpers. Like, huh, it's like a fake infomercial, but with the cat. That's fun. We're all laughing. I just fucking hate the Game of Kings so much. <laughs> uh, so, because of that marathon, Chris, I did not get to Star Trek. But I did watch Stop Making Sense. Hey, okay. Because I totally forgot it was assigned to me the week before. That had to have cheered you up at least a little bit, right? Oh, it's real fucking good. Also, I didn't realize I knew, like, five Talking head songs. That was a fun surprise. Yeah. Because well, yeah. I know what I listen to, and it's not the Talking Heads, or so I That's thought. That's fair, and I was a little oh. apprehensive about assigning it to you. I was like, there is really no butt rock here. But, uh... <laughs> Parker, I'm glad you got to watch one movie this week with good music. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, even if you fucking hate the music, it's just, it's so well done. It's so energetic. It took me a while to catch on to what was going on with, like, the slowly adding a band member each song. Because I was like, I don't know how many people are the Talking Heads. I don't know if it's just David Byrne. I don't know who the fuck these people are. So I didn't know what was happening at first. But as I caught on, I was like, oh, that's actually genius. And Tina Weymouth on bass, she's just incredible. 
It's really fucking good. I might end up watching it again. Yeah, honestly. Which is not a thing I would have thought I would have done. You know, the weirdest thing in the world is I went into that movie being like, well, Jonathan Demme uh, directed it. I liked The Silence of the Lambs. How bad could this possibly be? It ended up being one of my favorite movies I ever saw in theaters. And I absolutely love how there's like no behind-the-scenes stuff. It just starts with the concert starting, and then it ends when the concert's over. That's yeah. We don't need the fu- the fucking build-up of them backstage. And, like, the shots of, like, the people lined up outside, like, I don't care. I'm not there. Just show me the performance. That's the thing is, like, can you imagine if they had, like, a backstage interview with David Byrne explaining why he's wearing the big suit and just completely ruined the movie? Like, just play the songs and just sweat all over the place. I love it. Exactly. Yeah, that was really good. That was just very surprising. Yeah. Like, I've heard nothing but great things. I figure, like, even if I hate the music, I think I'll still appreciate it. But I really ended up digging it. Okay, so on to the things that weren't assigned to me. You guys, we had a bunch of people over the other day, a whole room full of normies who wanted to watch something, you know, let's watch something, you know, kind of scary, you guys like scary movies, and you just open Prime, click on that shutter add-on, oh look, under new releases, Color Out of Space, any of you guys seen that? No? Hot dog, let's hit play. I was a pig in shit for like two straight hours fucking love watching them squirm. There was one moment I was like seated in the back because I was very tired and also drinking. I didn't feel like talking to people at that point. <laughs> Where one of them says out loud, oh, "Guys, I can't do body horror stuff. It grosses me out." And then just turned around, did the Herman Cain smile. <laughs> you guys, he doesn't know. Everyone, yeah. It turns out literally no one knew that that movie existed or anything about it. So just watching that, I was gonna say that review. There's like four or five things that happened that I was watching in real time. Just horror upon all of their faces. It was truly magical. One of them straight up was like, yeah, I literally never watch horror movies. And the next day I worked like, oh yeah, no, I had horrible dreams last night. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I, I slept very bad. It's like, yeah, well, you know. Sometimes you gotta go in the alpaca form and just take care of business, dude. Right, Sometimes yeah. you gotta shoot in the fucking head. Uh, yeah, turns out I was still very good the second time around, by the way. Yeah. That movie fucking owns. I forgot how many prime cage free that car scene of him just absolutely losing his mind and punching the roof really speaks to me because I've lived that moment about a hundred times this year, just screaming fuck and punching my steering wheel in the roof of my car over <laughs> and over again. It's just been this week. I felt it. I need that on Blu-ray. It's so fucking good. Let's see, uh, so we're doing the Hooptober thing, and one of the things is seven. Second entries in a franchise. I don't know why I stumbled over it. I can't do numbers. So I'm like, oh, we should watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Turn to the left. Hey, have you ever seen it? No. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Immediately do the fucking Birdman hand thing and hit play. I'm like, uh, you remember the first one? Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just sit down. What a powerful movie that is second time through. I think it's better than the first one. It's... It's such a wonderful, terrible, stupid, different thing. I love it so much. Like, yeah, there's a lot the of dumb shit. the first one was just yeah. so fucking grimy and disgusting. And if you were alive in the 70s and you stumbled upon it, you'd be like, what the fuck is this thing, dude? Who filmed this? And you're just like, <laughs> you watch this. It's just a fucking nightmare. But in the best way. Because Dennis Hopper... <laughs> just screaming, tear it all down! <laughs> It's important to, like, believe 
the actors in the movie. And when Dennis Hopper just screams, I'm going to take you to hell. And you're like, you fucking absolutely. Without a doubt in my mind, Dennis Hopper is taking everyone in this room to hell. Himself included. And God. Like, if you're going to take a movie that, for, you know, whatever you think of it, is infamous, like this milestone in a genre, and give it a sequel, whether it's good or bad, it should be memorable. I will never forget Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 as long as I live. <laughs> that movie is fucking insane. It's Why does he have chainsaw holsters for his extra chainsaws? It's it's creative, it's original, it's unique. I don't know that it is a good movie, but I had a really good time watching it. <laughs> and I guess I can't really say that about the first movie. Like, the first movie is... Uh, Parker, I don't know if you saw the tweet that described the uh, the theme song for Polka Skull as just a foul song. Yes. <laughs> that movie is foul. <laughs> that movie is scratch and sniff rotten eggs. Because <laughs> I was curious, like, okay, I know, what, I know what to expect now. Is this, like, actually good? And after watching it, I'm like... I don't know. I'm still at the same spot. I'm like, I don't know if this is good. I don't know how many people, like, that aren't horror sweaties like myself I'd recommend it to. But, man, it's fucking something worth seeing, that's for sure. Yeah. Even if you hate it, it's very much worth seeing because you're not going to see a lot like it. And then knowing that, I was like, hey, look, you can make whatever you want here, but you have to make a sequel to that and be like, yeah, sure. Let me uh, let me serve that up for you real quick. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. God bless him. You guys, I watched a movie called Robot Wars. Do you know what Robot Wars is? Is it like Robot Jocks? <laughs> it's the unofficial sequel to Robot Jocks, <laughs> released in direct to video. <laughs> spoilers, it's not very good. But other spoilers, it's 70 minutes. Oh, <laughs> God. Bless. Yeah. At least you didn't waste your yeah. time. Uh, let me tell you what I got from it. You Google it, you look at that cover, you see a scorpion robot. They pilot that scorpion robot. That's all you need that, to know. Yeah, that pretty it's much 70 minutes. Oh. There is, in fact, a giant robot scorpion. And uh, you all know that this house is just prime with trash reality TV. There's like two named actors in this movie, and one of them has been on The Real Housewives for like 13 years. So that really did a lot. <laughs> that really did a lot for this viewing. There's like... The only tie to Robot Jocks is that the guy who played the doctor in Robot Jocks who got fucking murdered by me <laughs> is just the evil Japanese guy who's staging a coup to take over the world. The whole movie's about them just hijacking a robot scorpion to start, like, global conflict. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying it's only 70 minutes long. You do with that information you what you will. My attention. <laughs> only 70 minutes i feel like i'm losing out uh, if i don't watch this movie exactly i mean like come on you gotta know right yeah so uh you know the thing like with horror nerds it's like it doesn't matter what the movie's like if a sequel comes out or they remake it's like oh that sounds terrible i'm gonna watch it though <laughs> not enough get credit gets getting into like action fans because i'm sitting there scrolling through ip torrents you know doing my thing i see huh welcome to sudden death what's that oh it's sudden death but with michael jai white i should probably watch this <laughs> here's the what? here's the thing all of the scenes without michael jai white suck ass but also the scenes with michael jai white are very good it's a solid, like, two stars. Like, it's not a great movie by any means. 
but he infiltrates the owner's box and shoots someone with a t-shirt gun. So like, <laughs> come on, man, come on. Fuck. And instead of hockey, it's a basketball game, and it was an hour into the movie when I was like, wait a second, there's no sun death in basketball. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Every God. single actor is absolute balls except Michael J. White, and that really enhances it for me. Because everyone's being super serious. The bad guy's trying to be like this super cool, fucking try hard, just complete dog shit ass. And then Michael Shaw just walks into a weight room and just breaks the guy's neck over a barbell. And you're like, all right, well, I mean, maybe like three stars is appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not good, but also, like, he straps a bomb to someone's chest and then kicks them off the rafters. So, like, you know, you could do worse. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> couple more <laughs> i didn't mean to end with these but whatever so uh another sequel would be like hey let's watch phantasm 2 because like <laughs> look seven sequels is a lot i don't want to just do like oh friday the 13th 2 halloween 2 nightmare on Elm street 2 child's but we've seen all those it's just boring so it's like let's get weird with it and everyone's like hey have you seen phantasm no fuck it let's try it and uh <laughs> turns out uh <laughs> On the second watch, there still makes literally no goddamn sense whatsoever. Correct. Coming in with the clarity of like, okay, well, I know what this movie is. Let me just like have it on the background. I'll sort of pay attention. Still don't have a fucking clue what any of it is. <laughs> Appreciated learning that they were in the middle of making it. And they had those little like dudes in the hoods that basically look like Jawas. And in the middle of production, the Star Wars trailer comes out. And they're like, what the fuck? Should we change it? And they're like... Nah, it's fine. No one's gonna see this. Big shout out to sticking to your guns. Um, Maybe it would make more sense if it was three hours long as originally planned. No. Ah, yeah. That usually helps. Incorrect. I mostly watched it and then texted you afterwards so I could let you know about my... The discovery that I was proud of. That the tall man pretending to be a woman... And just getting absolutely banged by all these dudes to lure them to their death is exactly like the cop in South Park <laughs> when he pretends to be a prostitute and doesn't arrest them until they fuck him. That's all I thought of the entire movie. <laughs> this creepy old fucking goblin man that's like an alien or something pretending to be a big-titted woman and just getting boned down in a graveyard. And then after the guy nuts being like, Ah, I got you." A real sick old dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey Chris, here's the thing about Phantasm 2. You probably won't like it. You can stop. You're fine. <laughs> you say it's I, on no, the list. I checked. I liked it a bit more than one. It kind of goes the Evil Dead 2 route where it's like, let's just. It's technically a sequel, but like, you know, let's just mostly do a lot of the same things, but with more money. So, like. Jokes on me didn't even need to rewatch the first one because it didn't fucking matter. It's not great by any means. I really don't think you'll get anything out of it. But also, there's a quad-barreled sawed-off shotgun. <gasps> so, you know, yes. like... You could do a lot worse. I liked it enough. I don't know if I'm going to finish the series because there's only five of them, but man, that is... Jesus Christ! There's like Seriously, there's like there's a five like a twenty year gap between four and five, and that is not a promising sign. <laughs> that is, from what I understand, is pretty much like 
This dude's about to fucking die. If we're gonna make this movie, we gotta film it like right now, and it's all on green screen. So maybe later down the line. I don't really want to go through that right now. It's kind of like we'll stop at two. Two. Yeah, just gonna stop at two, huh? Don't. Okay. Right. You know. All right. We all have fun. Here. No, stop <laughs> it! You have no power here. <laughs> Who am I kidding? As long as that little flying ball keeps stabbing people in the face, I'll probably keep watching them because I'm a little piglet. <laughs> all right, well it's been an hour. Let's talk about Highlander because <laughs> this beer is almost empty. All right then, let's talk about Highlander. <laughs> Uh, Highlander came out in 1986. Very good year for movies. Uh, speaking of very good movies, the movie begins with one of those opening text scrolls that says there can only be one bright per wand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. It's a stretch, but I'll take it. <laughs> it was a tough one, but you you know when I see that what I gotta do. You know how small my brain is. Now, we, go, we start off this movie with a professional wrestling match, so, Parker, thank you for actually choosing this movie and doing it in Alex's voice. I appreciate I'm, that. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad that this had, you know, real wrestling, not that fake shit not that Vince funny. McMahon does. You know, the kind that, the kind that Chris coaches. So, Back in the good old days where you could just be racist and go, actually, I'm just getting heat, boys. It's cool. <laughs> now, we talk about, there's a lot of stuff going around these days about the Confederate flag should be banned, stuff like that. This is the most serious Confederate flag that I have ever seen in my life. This is an advanced Confederate flag. Uh, now, <laughs> really, it's they're the good guys. Now, <laughs> Par- <laughs> now, Parker, speaking as one of the good old boys, it's apparently considered disrespectful. <clears throat> yes. Excuse me. If, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's apparently considered disrespectful if, uh, as an American, you drape yourself in the American flag, like it, you're not supposed to do it to a flag or something. I don't know. Is it also disrespectful to like your? you know your pap pap if you wear a confederate flag like that pro wrestler does no it's like we're, it's, all- it's like wearing piccolo's training outfit you throw it <laughs> off and you're like 20 times stronger and you can move faster in the ring i think it's only disrespectful if you win <laughs> there you go <laughs> got him so we start with this pro wrestling match which is rapidly intercut with what appears to be leftover footage from braveheart by way of conan the barbarian Wish she could have seen my eyes widen as I realized what was happening in this movie. <laughs> so Christopher Lambert is sitting in the stands. Thank you. Okay, I won't say that anymore. <laughs> Christopher Lambert. Yes, you will. <laughs> Christopher Lambert is sitting in the stands, and he's he's kind of got like the brooding look on his face, like he's going to grow up to be a superhero or something like that. He's kind of got like his his lips in his mouth, you know, just. And some guy behind him, I guess Parker in three years, is like, ha- is leaning over his shoulder, like have both hands on one shoulder, like, oh, this is so great, you gotta love pro wrestling. <laughs> I love the idea of being so psyched to see the fabulous Freebirds wrestle that you're just shaking strangers back. This is the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen, dude. He went to punch him and then he flipped his hair. Did you fucking see that? Hey, why do you talk weird, dude? So, Christopher Lambert gets a little bit bored by the pro wrestling match. Parker turns off the movie. and uh, Why is he there? He looks so unhappy. Why is he there? So, he, he walks out. Uh, first of all, he went to that pro wrestling match by himself. I, that's got to be worse than going to a movie by yourself, right? Like, I love going to a movie is by yourself. That, that's great. I would rather not have anyone know I was there, actually. <laughs> yeah, the thing you got to realize is that nobody there has anyone to bring. Yeah, who the... 
Who is my plus one to see <laughs> fucking Michael P.S. Hayes in 1981? I'm, Go fuck I'm so glad you went to look up the names of these wrestlers. <laughs> so, I didn't have to. So we go to the sword fight in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, during the sword fight in the parking lot, that guy in the sunglasses, for the longest time, I thought it was Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that dude being immortal? That's, that's a problem. Answers a lot of questions, that's, though. About that's why Alex didn't like this things. movie. He took off his sunglasses, turns out it was some other guy. It's like, that's minus six stars right there. <laughs> you can't tease me with Jeffrey Jones. Unlike you guys, I don't see Jeffrey Jones in every You're movie. You're missing out. Anyway, <laughs> Jeffrey Jones. Not Jeffrey Jones. This is not Jeffrey Jones. We want to make it very clear this is not Jeffrey Jones. Whoever this dude is in the sunglasses. But he, he might have fucked kids, though. We don't know about this guy. <laughs> He is in a Hollywood yeah, movie. It's exactly. in play. So whoever the, That's a solid 40%. Whoever this gentleman is really likes backflips and backhand springs. I think he just, like, that's how he goes to work. He's just, all right, tie straight, coffee's here, and right out the door, up the street, to the office. Wouldn't you? Man, if I were coordinated. <laughs> Parker, you, like, there's so many small details in the scene. Like, this dude confronts our hero, Connor McLeod, <laughs> who reaches into his duster and pulls out a sword. Immediate five stars. <laughs> you could turn the fucking movie off now, dude. He's been at a wrestling match just hiding a sword in his jacket the whole time. I mean, that's what you do, right? Some guys they have like they have like merch stands. You can buy like the money in the bank suitcase, or you can buy like the the people's championship belt or something like that. You know, buy we could sword. buy the money in the bank suitcase. Imagine some heel wrestler just like insulting your sports team and some guy just standing up with a katana <laughs> rushing the barricade. <laughs> Cowboys don't suck, Ric Flair! And just fucking running at him. <laughs> so imagine if, like I said, this, this movie is much like a Mark Twain classic. Imagine if you didn't know the plot of this movie beforehand and you're like, okay, fine, I guess I'll watch it for the podcast. And you saw a guy's head get cut off with a sword that blue electricity radiates from his dead body, which blows up all the cars in a parking garage. And Alex is like, oh, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Sounds kind of like a Star Wars movie to me. Why exploding cars? I'd, leave me out of this. <laughs> This first ten minutes, you've got the fucking the text scroll about brides read <laughs> by Sean Connery, and then a Queen song, and then a wrestling match, and then a sword fight. Are we are we selling the Queen song as a plus? That Queen song was. Mediocre. I wasn't expecting to hear. I it. never want to listen to Queen again. <laughs> I mean, same, but also, I did when I turned on Highlander. I did not expect to hear Freddie Mercury's voice. Is all I'm saying. I, I didn't. There was so I, I guess flash. you really didn't expect it by the eighth time. Okay, well, Correct. I think we'll get to the Queen songs in a little bit. I'll say this. The opening Queen song, I'm kind of like Parker. It's like, that was kind of cool. It's like, oh, man, Freddie Mercury, that's a real 80s voice. I'll agree with you, Alex. By the eighth time you hear like, okay, do they just... Do they just do like every, literally every single song in the movie? All the stuff in the background? When he's just man, ambient noise see, in the like, bar they go to? Yeah. Those violins are left over see, like, from the, fucking Who Wants to Live Forever, which we will get to. Oh, yeah, yes, uh, we will. And I think I think my problem with hearing Queen in the context of this movie, where everything is, like, this fucking bombastic and slow, is like, oh, this is one of those epic movies, isn't it? It's, like, immediately what my fucking takeaway is. It's like, when, 
the fucking I imagine this is like the fucking kid who was yelling oh. Leonidas's lines in the halls in high school <laughs> just like this is his second favorite movie I, you like, know that's actually a good point to bring up I wonder if this was that way back when it was released because it certainly wasn't like that when I went to school no one ever ever actually mentioned uh, Highlander except for my dad Maybe my dad is one of them, but uh, maybe maybe uh, in high school everyone was saying there can be only one to each other, and they would like you know fight over a box of chocolate milk or something. I don't know. Uh, I remember that being a reference when I was I in high say, school, like, and like I don't remember a time where I didn't know about there could be only one, but I've somehow never right seen exactly. This. I, I don't think that was a big thing in uh, my childhood. I, I don't know. I, and considering fucking nobody saw this in theaters, it's like weird that this is like a cultural touchstone of any sort. Maybe it was just big on video, I guess. I don't know. Um, anyway, back to... I mean, if someone told me, hey, check out this movie, these guys live forever and they cut each other's heads off, I would absolutely go rent it that weekend. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm Definitely. saying. So, yeah. back to ye oldie times, my comfort zone and yours. Uh, we see Connor McCloud, no relation to Fox, and he's uh, wearing a kilt, riding a horse, he's got a big sword, he's going to fight some big guy. Now, you can tell that bros are being bros even back in 1536, because they're talking about going pee-pee in your kilt. It's just three guys talking about peeing themselves. It's like, that was it, the world's first podcast, 1536. <laughs> Dudes rock. Guys were posting even back then. <laughs> I can't believe he got banished from Grover House for witchcraft. <laughs> That's the only way you can make that structure stand up. Just imagine... <laughs> Sorry. Just imagine being the guy that gets stabbed by the dude in the snake helmet, and then miraculously healing from your wounds, and everyone goes, Oh, actually, we're not yeah, happy okay. to see you. For, before we get to that, can we, again, talk about Clancy Brown's skull helmet? Because I need that. Dude, my God, this fucking dude with that voice... Coming into frame with that helmet on. It's like, how is no one like grabbed by the shoulders and shook me like, you should fucking watch Highlander, dude? <laughs> I don't understand how I've made it three decades on this earth without seeing this. So, one of the. Like, even if I ended up hating it, I should have seen this. Right. So, like, Correct. one of the things that I guess I should have known, but I didn't, uh, about Christopher Lambert is that he's French. And he doesn't speak English because the only time I'd ever seen Christopher Lambert before Correct. was in Mortal Kombat, and he's doing a Kirk Douglas impression in that movie the entire time. Like, you must face each other in Mortal Kombat. They have to beat the Sistine Chapel, you know that sort of thing. Uh, so I thought he naturally spoke English, and he tried to follow the accent of one of the most well-known actors of all time. No, it turns out the dude was French and had to be taught English in order to do Highlander. So. Uh, I think one of the reasons that I can tell that so well is not just his accent in this movie. He does a he does a pretty good job speaking English. But in that opening battle sequence where everyone's avoiding him and no one wants to fight him and everyone's running away, he says, everyone's avoiding me. No one wants to fight me. Everyone's running away. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's a visual medium. I don't know what they do in France, but like, <laughs> you could just, I see the people avoiding you. You could just look confused the entire time. You're very good at that. <laughs> Could you imagine getting to day one of shooting this massive movie and finding out your star doesn't speak the language? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's How does that oversight happen? Like, all right, uh, say I this. Imagine uh, cocaine had something well, to do with it. Speaking of cocaine, you know, one of his... Like, yeah. Look at this guy, he's so fucking cool, we gotta get yeah. our movie. One of his friends in this battle, the guy with the black hair and beard, is just like... Uh, oh, no, it's attacking you. You should stick by me. Ah! 
I, this dude is fucking laughing his ass off the entire time. This dude is having the greatest time of his life in 1536. I think we have encountered the only happy person in 1536. <laughs> uh, let's cut back to uh, present day because... So here's one of the things, and I, I don't know, Alex, whether you liked it or disliked it, but this movie does a lot of cross-cutting between present day and 1536. Give you a hint, buddy. It's not the good one. I happen to enjoy it, and this is one of the weird ones where I was able to follow it with no trouble whatsoever. They were just able to do it. I'm like, okay, I'm fine. I, I got it. I got it. I know what's going on. Um, I, I can see why that uh, transition would be a little bit jarring to most viewers, though. Look, I, look. I, it's not that it made the movie confusing. It was just like, there was a movie I wanted to watch, and then also a movie where they were fucking around in the 1500s. So every time we went back, I was like, oh, come on. Not again. <laughs> I, could, I could see that, but I ended up enjoying the 1500 scenes for stuff that we'll get to later, but back in... For one reason in specific yeah, yeah. that we will get to. I could have used, like, three less of them. <laughs> because yeah, every present-day scene where they're just in grimy-ass fucking basically New York, and there's just people sword fighting in alleys. I'm like, yeah, this is where I want to so, be. This is the world I want to live yeah, in. Exactly. So one of the things that I really liked about this, and I, I'm sorry, I cannot help but say this, especially if Josh ever listens to this episode, uh, that police detective, the one who can't keep his mouth shut, even when he's just sitting around, he's got open mouth syndrome or whatever, that's the same police detective from uh, one of our favorite shows of all time, Police Squad. If you guys haven't seen Police Squad, you have got to see it. It's one of the funniest shows ever made. And unfortunately, I can't take him seriously because he's playing the exact same role. So uh, the entire time he's asking, So, Christopher Lambert, <laughs> you're found with a Japanese samurai sword in a parking garage with a decapitated body. So please tell me what you think happened there. It's like, I can't take him seriously. Listen to this guy. Nobody takes cops in this movie seriously, you're right. so you're good. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I love the cops in this movie because there's one scene after the parking garage with the cops there, and just some lady who just like deals in antique swords is just at the crime scene looking at the severed head, like, oh my god, this sword's worth a lot of money. <laughs> like, how the fuck did she get under the police? <laughs> oh, you know what's really great? And she's she's like, wow, this sword's really valuable. The police chief says, like, so how much is it worth? She says a million dollars, which in 1986 is like a billion dollars now, and uh, she's like. Any street antique dealer in on uh, on Queen Street will tell you that no one there is dealing anything that costs more than two hundred dollars. <laughs> Who doesn't go to the local pawn shop and deal with ancient Japanese blades? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Clancy Brown is in modern times too, and he meets oh up with God, uh, dude. We, We'll get to it. He meets up with our good friend Christopher Lambert, and they fight each other with swords in this, uh, like, factory junkyard sort of thing. And I gotta admit, <laughs> really good cinematography here, where they're fighting in all that fog and smoke and stuff like that. It looks really good, and that applies to most of the rest of the movie. But I can't help but wonder, a police chopper comes in and shines its light on them as they're fighting with swords, <laughs> and Clancy says, well, finish this later. Away! And he just runs away. And Christopher Lambert's reaction is he just runs away. And just the absolute folly of a police officer saying, Hey, hold on there. Where do you think you're going? <laughs> Could you imagine? You can't do that. That's against the rules. Imagine being the B cop that rolls in on Clancy Brown holding a sword, <laughs> immediately turning my gun on myself. I don't care how far away he is. 
So, uh, Chris, Chris, you brought up how good like the cinematography and the visuals yeah. are in this scene. I agree with one major caveat. Like, I love everything that's going on in the background of this movie at yeah. all times. But I think the like really slow, dramatic sword fighting just completely takes me out of what's actually happening in the action of the scene. And I have to watch the stuff in the background. Because it's like, alright, in a minute, they, sw- they each swung their sword three times. Okay, like... How long is this gonna go? It just it has that like fucking Zack Snyder feel to it, and all Speaking these sword of Zack fights. Snyder, I kind of like... felt that when I was watching Twenty Eight Weeks Later, Ugh. but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> they are all very bad at swinging swords. Around. Well, that being said, I guess I can see where you're coming from with this, but I'm not sure whether the movie would have been played better by them swinging the swords in regular motion. Uh, now, if that's the case, maybe spend an extra week or two teaching them how to swing swords so that it looks good. I think it would have looked cooler, maybe. if nothing else. I'm not saying it would have made it a better movie, but, like, when when our favorite character shows up, and I'm like, oh, cool, we've got some feet fencing jackass, and then he's also swinging his sword in slow motion, I'm like, damn it, guys, can, you just, can I fast forward through the sword fights? Uh, Which is not something that I want to be well, saying I can in this safely movie. Say I mean, just I... walk to my ex here and swing, and then I'll hit that point? Okay, then you will and I'll hit that point. <laughs> I can All right, uh, that was a good run-through. Oh, we mean we're done. Okay, I can well, safely say so. I watched Highlander and did not want to fast-forward through the sword fights. Now, if there is a criticism to be made, it's that Christopher Lambert's skull shape is not made for that hair in 1536. It's quite unfortunate. <laughs> that, there's something about They that were hair. yet to invent phrenology. Like, what were they going to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> there's just something about his head where it's just like, oh, that hair doesn't go there. You can't put him on that Lego piece. It doesn't fit. So, give me that. <laughs> Fucking Mega Bloks looking ass. <laughs> now, uh, Alex, you did mention early on the movie does, uh, I would say, a pretty decent job of showing some of the downsides of immortality. For example, your entire village will hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh this girl really wanted my tick of like 45 minutes ago and now she wants to burn me alive it's so Bitches, cool that right they're all furious like what do you mean we can't burn him at the stake <laughs> what do you mean we just have to kick him out like this is a horse shit he sa- he's in league with lucifer when when, when the, his friend says no we will not burn him we will banish him his ex-girlfriend is, is like no <laughs> It's like the one thing she wants to do. It's a Philly crowd and watching Carson Wentz play. (laughs) But you guys were just so happy when you gave him this contract. I don't care. He sucks. (laughs) Fuck him. He stole our money. Connor McCloud cannot throw to the sidelines. It's embarrassing. (laughs) All right. Enough of this nonsense in 1530. Let's go back to present day and let's talk about Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown has been waiting hundreds of years to cut off a guy's head, just practicing with a sword and hiring hookers named Candy in the meantime. Dude's living the life. (laughs) I want the whole movie to be following him, because he's just a living nightmare person. If you just, yeah, if the whole movie is just this and, like, the random scenes of Christopher Lambert throughout history, like when he blows away that Nazi in a scene that has no context for the rest of the movie. <laughs> it sort like, of does. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get to it in a second. No, I, yeah, I know it does, but, like, it's like, it's you're just like, why are the Nazis in this movie for 30 seconds? It's like, that's, uh, that's uh, how I to set up the backstory for this character yeah. whose name I don't know. When it turns into a surprise colonial Boston movie for three and a half minutes. That's the real reason why I like this so much. Anyway. Could you imagine Queen doing shipping up to Boston? 
<laughs> no, because Freddie Mercury's dead. That's all I'm going to do. Anyway. Uh, oh, so, uh, one of the things that I kind of liked about this is the entire scene where Clancy Brown checks into a hotel. Parker, I don't know about you, but I got really strong Terminator 1 vibes from every single scene that Clancy Brown was in. I... I'm surprised that every scene didn't end with just walking out of a building full of corpses. <laughs> every interaction is like, oh, this guy's fucking dead. Like, the weirdest thing. He admits in the a world, real powerful. The weirdest aura. line in this entire movie is, "Hey, you good?" Candy says you're into some really kinky shit. Like she survived. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's immediate like ah, she's a, just immediate throat grab. Like I'll pull your fucking head off in the middle of this room like, yeah, I guess I guess he's gonna kill him oh my god he let him yeah, go yeah like that on the scene she How walks nice to the you. door is like hello you Clancy Brown I'm here to suck your cock and he just slowly <laughs> ominously closes the door I'm like okay and she's just she's dead she, her brains are scattered well Chris <laughs> I didn't realize until right now that Josh's cousin was in this movie <laughs> <laughs> He just does a fucking Dave Chappelle Lil John laugh in the scene <laughs> 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 All right, back to the 1500s. <laughs> so the titular Highlander is about to bone down with a large-breasted lady who's named Heather, but he keeps calling her Blossom. And then Sean Connery shows up in a velvet pimp hat and a Fu Manchu mustache, declaring, "We are brothers." I had to, I had to pause it for a second to let really drink it. So, all. like, important question: Is Sean Connery doing blackface in this movie? That's <laughs> Close enough to when he says tell. he's Egyptian, I was like, should I be on that? Right? Oh, that's a good question. That is a, a good question. I, the man is talking about how he wields a massive moon because he was wedded to Shikuku, the Japanese princess. <laughs> Someone's just some of those scripts like, where the fuck is he getting this? What is he? What is he talking about? <laughs> I would definitely like this movie more if this were all ad-libbed. You're right. It, it feels... <laughs> Sean Connery looks like a Soul Calibur character the entire movie. <laughs> it feels like a Soul Calibur creative character. I have to admit, if I was about to bone down with, again, very large-bosomed young woman in 1536, and then pimp-hatted Sean Connery with a Fu Manchu mustache declared me his brother, I'd be, like, the second happy man in 1536. <laughs> I would just be like, village. fuck, I guess the devil did get me. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I'm Cervantes, we're gonna get the soul edge. Like, oh, fuck, dude, no. That's almost You there. must come with me on this boat ride. You will live forever. <laughs> we're just abandoning like, the Sean least... Connery accent. Do it in your heads, yeah. kids. Oh, I'm not I'm not gonna fucking do it. Y'all know what Sean Connery sounds yeah, like. Exactly. I know what I sound like. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. It's, it's water and oil. It's not gonna happen. So... Here's the thing, uh, maybe this will get a little controversial. I actually really like this story because I feel like this is a bit of a loose premise. Again, it's just, this guy will live forever unless he gets his head cut off. Then Sean Connery comes in with a pimp hat. It's like, I like what they do with this story. I like following it. Maybe it's because I, I happen to like fantasy novels and stuff like that. This plays like a fantasy novel that also gets to have some sort of reflection in modern times. And I think there's a lot of fun in that. Not just comparing. I'm glad they don't do that idiotic fish out of water thing. Uh, that would be uh, <laughs> that'd be really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it almost feels like they're the normal ones in modern day, and everyone else in New York City is a fish out of water. It's like they're that guy who drives past them having a sword fight in the alley. It's just huh. <laughs> that dude. That like, no no no. Scene. They're normal. I'm gonna think You're about. Weird. 
I'm going to think about the rest of my life. Like, who is this dude in this convertible? And he's just driving around through alleys. And he just, in the background, you just see a sword fight happening. And then he hits the brakes like, what the fuck was that? Goes into reverse, confirms it is in fact a sword fight. And then grabs a machine gun and gets out of his car. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we have the Second Amendment. Anyway, so... Somebody's got to clean up the streets. So, Sean Connery (laughs) plays Ramirez, who's Egyptian, and... Go fuck yourself. (laughs) You're telling me this wasn't ad-libbed? He was just like, no, I'm not from Spain. I'm actually from Egypt. Kind of. Defend a burger (laughs) town. (laughs) I was married to a Shikuko. (laughs) <laughs> it was the bat from Cause, no. <laughs> it was the bat from Ace Ventura when nature calls. Kind of weird that he, uh, he saves this girl from the Nazis, <laughs> and uh, now that she's grown up, you are my secretary. Yeah, now, now that she's yeah. grown up, he kind of starts hitting on her and also hires her as his secretary. Like he's immortal, so maybe that makes it different. And he did save her from Nazis, but still, like, kind of getting Woody Allen vibes here. <laughs> Oh, thank you, mister. You owe me a life debt. Goodbye. <laughs> I will see you again. Can't really do Christopher Lambert's voice. I don't think Christopher Lambert could do his own voice in this one. No. It keeps changing. Like, I prefer the present day stuff, but I do appreciate that when we jump back to the 1500s, it's just, it's always jumping forward in time. Like, okay, yeah, now they're training. Yeah, now he knows what it is. Okay, now that guy's yeah, dead. Yeah, it's, it's easy to keep All right, we're done with the which past Which is a good now. thing for the cross-cutting narrative. So, so I could very easily see that being its own movie, and that's not a movie I want. Park, I see now. I'm now imagining uh, Christopher Nolan remaking Highlander. <laughs> what a fucking mess that would be! Now, God. <laughs> now let's get back to our favorite subject, Clancy Brown. I don't know which of Clancy Brown's costumes I like more, but I know only one of them would scare the absolute shit out of Stephen King. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, my favorite is definitely the one where he kills Sean Connery and is ju- dressed like J- uh, Jay Moore from uh, uh, fucking Cherry Falls. <laughs> that whole. Uh, so uh, what should we do? Okay, so the two Highlanders fight, uh huh, and they fight so hard it causes a storm, uh huh, and the storm's so hard it just breaks the castle apart. Like, yes, perfect, genius. How did I not Who's see this? Idea that was a God bless them. So just having the entire set fall apart around them while they clumsily swing swords at this sixty-year-old man. Like that's the thing you do bring up a good point. They're not very good at sword fighting, but Clancy Brown's voice this entire scene is so good that you don't even notice. He's just going, "Ah, <laughs> I'm gonna eat you." Like I have to admit, I kind of felt a little disappointed when Ramirez died. He was easily my favorite character. I was like, I hope he comes back for the sequel. Anyway, let's talk about the church scene. I bet you'll eat those fucking words. Actually, next no. Week. Let's not talk about the church scene. Let, I want to get back to the alleyway uh, sword fight scene. So, Parker, I have an idea for you. Let me see how you feel about it. Do you remember how there was like that one summer where creepy clowns were appearing all over the place, and how it was probably viral marketing for the remake of Stephen King's It? What if they did that for Highlander? Except their viral marketing was a bunch of back alley sword fights. Oh my god! Look, <laughs> I'm already dangerously close to becoming a sword guy. <laughs> if I can just roll up and see random sword fights, I'm I'm gonna make a lifestyle choice. <laughs> I could definitely see like how this spawned a whole generation of people buying fucking Hans of steel blades. Like, <laughs> it's t- every time they just show Clancy Brown, she's like in a hotel room, just like sitting and swinging a sword around. I'm like. Fuck it, 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 it,
That could be. It should be me. So Clancy Brown tracks Christopher Lambert to a Catholic church. And as a Catholic, I shouldn't be enjoying the scene as much as, well, Clancy Brown is. And yet, it's one of the best fucking scenes in the movie. <laughs> I appreciate that no one in this movie is ever having more fun than Clancy Brown. Fuck it. It's like, you're the bad guy. You've been alive for like 500 years. You've done nothing but awful things. Also, you sound like Lurch. Get in there. <laughs> He's fucking flaring his nostrils at nuns. <laughs> Licking the back of his hands like, it's better than bird out. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking haircut and those safety pins in his neck. Oh my god. What okay, a, not just the safety pins in the neck for for this guy, but I also really like the fucking fact that he's like, he shows up, Christopher Lambert's like, yeah, nice haircut. It's so they won't recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How could I'm incognitus. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> So Parker, Parker, on the subject of killing yourself in the descent, imagine walking up the stairs to your apartment with an armful of books and Clancy Brown stalks up behind you and hoads, hello, pretty. (laughs) Hey, bookworm. Immediate, just grabbing the biggest ones in there and slamming my face into them. It's just that scene in Hereditary was just slamming his head in the desk. It's me. Immediately, just whatever is hard nearby, <laughs> trying to kill myself before he gets his paws on me. And then he grabs this girl, uh, who we haven't even mentioned at all. This love interest, just I mean, she was the one yeah. who picked up this. Speaking movie. of Christopher hey, wait, Nolan movies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he grabs her. Oh my god, the... I love you! Oh, she died. <laughs> he grabs her and stuffs her into a car and just drives into oncoming traffic while laughing like a maniac. He's laughing like Boa Bobo from Double Dragon. Yeah, he thought I wouldn't recognize that one. Yeah, there, there has never been a scene that needed a song not made by Queen more. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> also, yeah, you know what? We forgot to mention it. And if you want a really se- serious criticism of this movie, they played the worst Queen song, and it's like the centerpiece of the movie. Who wants to live forever? That song fucking blows, dude. It's it's cool that you said the worst Queen song, and I had to think back through like four terrible Queen songs that I heard for the first time in a decade while watching this movie. In- God, like. It- you would think, you know, if if your band was going to be like the the centerpiece of like this movie soundtrack that like somebody spent real money on, that you'd at least you know pick better songs. So this is what makes it I so have... interesting is that Queen did an objectively better job with their music for Flash Gordon than they did for Highlander. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> <laughs> two prevailing thoughts soundtrack artists like. Throw this whole movie, I can't remember, like, oh yeah, my dad had that Queen Greatest Hits, and I listened to, like, five songs off it, and I would just skip through the rest of it. For pretty good reason, as it yeah, turns out. Yeah, that's exactly and what also, I did. All the ones that I skipped were the ones that appeared in Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> also, imagine this same movie, shot for shot, same actors, everything, but released in, like, 2003, and how much funnier this movie is. <laughs> Maybe it would have Jay Moore. Anyway... This is this is like no. literally never a thought that I've had about anything else in my life, but like this movie was crying out for a Primus song. <gasps> you said the words. Okay. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about the climactic sword fight because I really liked it, and I thought it was really neat, and I liked him hitting the swords back and forth and the lightning everywhere, and it looked really cool. And I'd say that's one of my. Then they're just in the water. <laughs> I really like this sword fight. As far as cinematic sword fights go, and I have to admit, the more I think about cinematic sword fights. Not a whole lot of good ones. Whoever's idea it was to have to have constant lightning strikes every time they have a sword fight. I hope they got a healthy bonus, because my god. Everything about it is like, are right, these two are fighting. 
everything's exploding. It's storming now. There's rain everywhere. Start to zoom out so you can't really tell it's a stunt double so they can actually do something. Yeah. Genius. I like to imagine that uh, when they were, you know, working out the contracts for everyone in this movie, you know, like sometimes they'll be like for a movie like this, they'll be like, all right, well, we can pay you X amount or we can give you like, you know, like options on the movie and like how well it does. I like to imagine that all these actors had those two choices and then behind door number three was just a massive bag of cocaine that you could have right then. (laughs) Or the swords. Sure, you could have the mystery box. Or. <laughs> you know what? Imagine being the guy that taught Clancy Brown how to sword fight for like three months. <laughs> Imagine him fighting fucking. He's the one who was fighting uh, Sean Connery, right? In that castle. I, which one of those guys is bigger? Isn't Sean Connery like 6'4 or something like that? He's a big dude. Clancy Brown. So it's looks it's like hard to like, it's hard to tell with the castle steps. Right. Yeah. You know? and Clancy Brown looks like he's about eight four or something like that. It's like this is Sean Connery, former James Bond. You know, done a whole bunch of stuff. Then Clancy Brown comes in and he's just got the face like he's giving no quarter to anyone. He's not asking for Sean Connery's autograph behind the scenes or anything. He's 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 in character the entire time, as far as I'm concerned. Like if this movie comes out today. Someone's making some fucking self-aware joke about it's 2020. Why are we still using swords? Like, there's no need for them to use swords in this movie, but they do, and it's never referenced. It's like, yeah, this is an old Japanese sword. I just carried it for 300 years so I could fight Highlanders. I don't need a reason for I it. I have to admit, it like, looks fucking sick. I have to admit that's like the only part of uh, the sword thing that made sense is when Sean Connery is like, "Well, it was given to me by Shikuku's father, who was a master sword." It's like. Oh, so there's sentimental value there. What's uh, what's the sentimental value Until, for, uh, for what? I don't even remember Clancy Brown's character's name. Uh, yeah, <laughs> except the fucking B plot is just that Sean Connery's magic sword is actually from the future. Oh yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck? That was that was a part I didn't really pick up on very much. Anyway, I I, I still give don't Clancy Brown. Like, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, please, I don't understand. But they give him a briefcase, and he opens it up, and he just assembles a sword in his hotel room. Like, they could have given him a gun, but, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> he has a sword kit delivered to him by a man in a business suit, and then that's all he uses the whole movie. Fuck using guns. Right. Fuck using an axe. They just sword fight. Anytime two Highlanders bump into each other, they go into the back alley and sword fight. I don't want an explanation. So I bet I'll so get here's, one. Here's something that we haven't done in a while. Do you think maybe the reason that Bigfoot has survived so long is because he's a Highlander? Maybe that's why he's so hairy. He just <laughs> his never head cuts is, his hair. His head is too high for anyone <laughs> to cut it off. The hair is too thick and matted. <laughs> there can be only Sasquatch McClouds. <laughs> Yeah, good luck kicking him out of your fucking he village. I'd like to see you try. <laughs> he doesn't need a sword. He just has his paws. You are an unholy abomination. <laughs> <laughs> Is Clancy Brown a Bigfoot? Shaved Bigfoot. Yeah, he looks yes. like a shaved Bigfoot the entire movie. Are you the are you Sasquatch? I'm in disguise! <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the game of games. Oh, oh buddy, do we have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. After such a such a riveting talk about such a riveting movie, it's time to uh 
Check out these riveting football scores. Okay. So so bear with me here as we go over the results of last week. Because I was 5-5, five and five, and both of you were 5-4. and four. However, it appears that two of your teams cheated by skipping out on their games, by pretending to have a fake illness. So oh, here's the quickening is coming our way, Chris. <laughs> so the good news is I was prepared for this contingency, because after watching decade after decade of the New England Patriots, I know that the league is rife with cheaters. So I put in an anti-cheat system. Now, how this is going to work is I have four special dice from the Harry Potter game. What the fuck? (laughs) Now, each of these die, they are six-sided die, and each of them has four symbols on them. But on each die, one of the symbols is repeated three times. Now, I'm not going to tell you which die is which. I'm just going to ask each of you in succession to pick a house die, which I will then roll, and the result will be added or subtracted from your score... Unless uh, I get the draw a card one, in which case something else will happen. All right, I'm gonna take my Pottermore quiz real quick. <laughs> Parker, you're the expert on right. the subject. You're gonna do really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, uh, he's a time turner and never start this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, which one of you would like to go Me. first? Oh, Chris would love to. All right, Chris, pick a Harry Potter Griffin house. Door. Was that right, a that joke? The red dice. The only good one. Uh... Oh, you got the heart symbol. So you will add one win to everyone else's total. Why everyone else's? I don't even... <laughs> Whatever. That seems bad. Uh, so I am now six and five. Parker <laughs> is now six and four. Nice. Okay. Okay, now Parker, you must also pick a house dice. Oh, dude, Ravenclaw, my bird teams. <laughs> oh, yes. Shut up. The brain genius house itself. <laughs> my bird house. Roll it! <laughs> I'm building suspense, you fuck. I'm so stressed out right now. <laughs> oh my god. Chinese water <laughs> right. Jesus. Alright, you got the money symbol. So you oh. can... You can either subtract one win or add one loss to a player of your choice. Ooh. Oh, goodness. Well, Alex, you assigned me Polly, so <laughs> just go and take that extra L for me. All right. So I am now 6-6, six and six, it appears, and it looks like Parker has won the week and I have lost it. Cool. So uh, go ahead and uh, give me what you got, buddy. Let me just go through the old... The old list here. Jinkies, jinkies, jinkies. Ooh. Did you ever see The Last Witch Hunter, the Vin Diesel movie? I did not. Oh, buddy. You're going to have a time with that. (laughs) Is this better or worse than In the Name of the King with uh, Jason Statham? I'm not prepared to comment on that. (laughs) Oh, because you haven't seen it, huh? We'll put that in my notes. Also, because I was... This was, like, after three Riddick movies, so I was obliterated when I watched it. (laughs) Alright, last Witch Hunter. Okay. Okay, alright, that's that's reasonable. It's not too too horribly mean after you targeted me like this. Let's move on to our community teams. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, fuck! (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) 
Oh, it says here the Jets lost on Thursday night. Wow, so weird. Oh, weird. Weird for them first. Okay. Hey. Spreadsheet. No. Oh, okay. No. I remember what I meant when I wrote oh, this no. down. God. Great. This space says bear bets. Now, how this is going to work is first we're going to go find the, where the bears are at and the schedule. And it appears that they're playing Thursday night against the Buccaneers. Now, you two are going to need to decide amongst yourselves which of you gets the Bears and which of you gets the Buccaneers this week. Uh, this is I only mean, for the purpose of this. You don't get them, like, I you mean, know, for cut. your win-loss. Well, this is kind of a tough one. Uh, the Buccaneers have Tom Brady and no one else. And the Bears yeah. are undefeated. Yeah, come on. I feel Right. Uh, but neither team has a quarterback. Uh, don't the Bears have Big Dick Nick? <laughs> Yes, yeah, they do. They have the best quarterback in Philadelphia history. Oh, that's a good point. So, are you saying you sounds, want to take the Bears? Chris? Yeah, sounds like you well, want. Well, I already have the Buccaneers. Technically, would it double up if I get them? Or no, no, it only applies uh, for this bet, not this for the bet. week. Okay. Uh, yeah. Parker, do you do you want me to take the Bears? <laughs> I'll take them. It would be wrong to take your boy Brady from you. Don't call him that. Also, I've watched three Bears plays this whole season, so I don't know what I'm Three more than me. That's really all you need. All right, so uh, the winner of this bet will be safe from harm, and the loser of this bet will be watching the CGI Yogi Bear movie. <laughs> oh, I would like to rethink my <laughs> position here. Well, the Bears uh, are at home. I mean, that's, that's probably... Oh, yeah, that home field advantage. Parker, <laughs> he's got your favorite He's got Dan Aykroyd. Come on, how bad could it be? God. What a grave misstep this has been. This says TJ Miller. It sure does. Great things do, in fact, come in bears. <laughs> God. Damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, at least your team has a chance to not have you watch this. And it's only 80 minutes. Great. Okay. And it has a higher Metacritic score than Marmaduke. I feel like I've said it's only 80 minutes enough yeah. times that it counts for like three years of my life. Alright, well now we're going to go ahead and see how that other community team did. Let's check in on the football team. They must Let have done guess. really well against the Ravens. Okay. More and more dice. Oh, we got we got the scrambler. Alright, I'm going to need you what? to uh, I'm going to need you to Fuck. pick two of your teams for me. Oh, oh no! I have to what my teams are. Okay. Can I ask ahead of time what I'm picking them for, or is nope. that part of the oh. surprise? God <laughs> is... damn it! Here, I can I can share screen so you can see Thank the teams. Thank you. Oh, this is uh, truly diabolical. One second, because I'm too stupid to press buttons okay. right now. Same. All right. I would love to watch stream. So you're not going to tell me what the teams are used for? Correct. Okay. In that case, let's go with my lions. It's okay. Count the rings, and oh god, and my panthers. Lions and panthers. Two cat teams up on the block. Let's go, my boys, and also my Jags. All right, 
Well, if we're all going to add these cat teams, then I will be adding the Bengals and also the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the order of finishing this week was Parker was first, Chris was second, and I was third. So as we go over here, I'm going to put these into the list. I now the, hate random the so much. The first two teams on this list will be Parker's new teams. The second two teams will be Chris's new teams. The third two teams will be my two teams. And finally, the last two teams will be our new community teams. Oh, 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 no. Parker, this might work out for us. Let's be optimistic. What could does, go wrong? So the first ones are who's? Do, do I get the Jags? Oh, good! I got the Jets and the football team! <laughs> you love to see it! <laughs> Alright, so Parker has the Panthers what? and Jaguars I wanna... now. All right. All right, fine. Well, Chris, you have the Bengals and the Super Bowl champion Lions. Worse. Oh my god. I the Jets and the football team belong to me. And the Cowboys and Bears, the only two good teams this entire exercise. We're going with the are Cowboys are good, teams. Huh? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, compared to the pool here, yes. How many rings do they Don't have? Don't all my Not cats, you guys. That's a two-time anyway, increase. Anyway, the good news about the Bears being a community team, that is uh, th that is good for us. No more Kevin James movies. For now. <laughs> well, the Cowboys lose to the fucking Browns again. <laughs> well, see, that was mostly painless. Tune in next week to see what's in store for the Game of Games. Uh, and tune in next week, I guess, for Highlander 2, The Quickening. Do we actually want to do this? No, <laughs> but I will. I don't want to do most things that have happened tonight, Chris. Okay, The, qu the also, Quickening it is. I'm actually excited for this one. I, uh, I've heard really bad things. I've heard horrendous things. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the tea, sis. Yellow? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I am the one who started that craze back in P-Town with Tennessee Williams. It's brilliant! What you do is you take a scuba snorkel and you put your in the wee bendy mouth part. Then you sneak the other end right up your back address, okay? Well, then you just grab the middle of that snorkel and you in your own ass and pull it off your crank at the self-same time until you spend in your own jacksie. That's a rusty venture. Misha? Misha, no! Bad girl!